great. This is a sweet setup, right? This is so sick. It all worked um, out perfectly. Yeah, I'm so grateful uh, to be here, to have it, you in the studio, to do this podcast with you. I got to adjust the mics in here. Like, there's a lot to do. Um, but you are now the most recurring guest on the podcast. 260 plus episodes, and you're the number one guest in terms of guest appearances. How does that feel? It feels right. It feels <laughs> like it is my my number one life goal to be the most recurring guest on the Danny Miranda podcast. Like when you're in Madison Square Garden, I'm going to be in the crowd like, I'm the most recurring guest. <laughs> That's going to be me. The crowd. You're going to be on the stage there. That's true. I'll be, I'll be there. So how's life going for you right now in this moment? Life is really good. Um, we've been in Austin now for about a week, have a few more days to go and, uh, have been working towards, uh, the ability to come here and, um, have the time that we've been able to spend together and just have the freedom for a long time now. Um, haven't had the ability to tr- always travel with my business, um, my photo booth company, but, um, over the last year have done the right things. And now I'm feeling all the results of just compounding simplicity, almost mm. like decisions to simplify. Um, and they all come together at once and just give you this time back. It's a really like amazing thing. It's amazing to watch that whole journey unfold from my perspective. And I kind of just like want to frame this conversation in terms of creating on the internet and allowing people to get a look inside of two people who see themselves doing this for a very long time, creating, and maybe be the friend that they don't have in their regular life and be the friends that, that we can turn to. So kind of like a random show style, shorter episode but just a just a great way to be on the path with people who can't get it in their regular life. It's perfect. Did did you ever feel like you didn't have anybody in your life who was creating on the internet? People, how do you feel about people not getting you or not understanding you as a creator? Um well in in the beginning it was pretty lonely. Um cuz I wasn't I, I mean, I didn't have any connections online. I had no content out there. I was just starting. And I think a lot of people don't hesitate to post online just because, I mean, you know, they're scared what other people will think. They're worried about their friends seeing it. But I just came to the conclusion, I guess, early on that, like, literally no one cares. They'll look at it, have, like, some millisecond judgment, and then they're back to their lives, focus on themselves. And if you just really, like, live in your own world that way, it helps you to just, like, you know destroy the algorithm and just <laughs> just attack it and and share a lot with the world and um that was what i did early on i just didn't care and just embraced the feeling of being alone and now it's different where i have people like you and people we've met here and people online who you know you feel like you're in kind of like a small brotherhood mm. like as you keep going your circle expands and you find more people who also feel the same way as you and get you at a deep level yeah and you, and you can feel that even with you know a few hundred followers as well true um when was the first moment you started to feel that? That's tough. I don't know. Maybe when I was in like a few months into posting on Instagram, there's a few people doing what I was doing. Uh, but now now I'm more attracted to people who are not doing what I'm doing and are doing things like you with your podcast and th- people I can learn from and, and add more. Does that make sense? Kind of. Go on that. What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's good to surround yourself with people who aren't just in your lane um, and are not only like doing things bigger and better than you but also doing things different mm. so you know different modalities i think uh 
there's a lot of power of taking things that other people are doing in completely different mediums and bringing it to yours. Yeah, that that's very true. And looking like, how have you done that with behavior hack? Uh, well, well, a small way is like your obsession with clips lately, and you recently had a clip like take off and exploded your following. I, you know, I think I've done that in a small way with my content. You know, being here and trying to just put out more stuff, um, and not expecting anything. But when you do that, good things happen. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that going crazy and going viral on Instagram. Have you ever experienced that or felt that, bro? I, it's insane what happens when you get all that dopamine at once. Like one clip hit 1.2 million, and I thought that was sick. And then another clip hits four plus million views on Instagram, and my following goes from like 4,000 to 20,000 <laughs> in a week since crazy. we've been here. And I attribute some of that to being living under the same roof as you going at it posting as many clips as i possibly can yeah like you must have been on drugs the last few days a little bit right bro you see me waking up in the morning <laughs> clapping so excited danny will just wake up and scream randomly <laughs> and like look at his phone it's really good stuff but not because he's like pumped about followers just because he's pumped about like growing yes. and like attacking the algorithm like we said um, i don't know I-, I tweeted this thing once which i think is true it's like your hits make you, but your reps make hits. Ooh. And it's like, those hits are like, look what you just said. You went from 4,000 to what is it, like 22,000 now? 22,000. That's all because you had a hit, but look at how many reps you've done. It's like, you know, you've done a ludicrous amount of events. <laughs> it's like another thing I said, do the rational thing with a rational intensity. Yeah. Like, you know you're supposed to post clips, but most people are not posting four, five, six, seven clips a day. That's it. Um, and if you do that, really good things happen, I think. Yeah, and then I start seeing it rub off on you. You got three clips going, or three posts a day, where like in the past you were here and there, hitting, yeah, missing. In the and last now, six months, yeah. And now you're, and I was the same with podcasts, here and there. But like being with you is like the ultimate source of we're on the same path, we're going, we're chasing similar visions. and Same long-term vision. And nothing's going to stop us if we're in that place together. So talk to me about like, Going to three posts a day, writing on the wall your your uh, your stats now. Well, I started doing that because of you. Danny's been having it's pretty amazing actually. When we got here, Danny started writing his social metrics uh, podcast. Was it downloads? We got Twitter followers, Instagram followers, TikTok, all of it, YouTube, and just tracking it every day because then it's like appreciating the small wins of ten new people coming in here, thirty new people here. And I think a lot of times we lie to ourselves in the sense of we say oh, I actually don't care about my followers. I, I don't care about growing. And like at some points that might be true. But for me, I, I was like, I want to get to a better place. How do you get to a better place? You track and you also appreciate what happens every day. So every day I, I post the new numbers and it's been really helpful for me to show more love to the process. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, that is really powerful. And just like physically forcing yourself to like, you know, etch it into physical the physical world with your mm-hmm. hand. There's something powerful about that, and you could see it. You literally went from four thousand to this, and you could say that's coincidence, but it's you know, I don't think it is. And uh, yeah, it's I've been posting more. It's still like I think you know five percent of what I have to offer the content world. Why do you say just, that? Just because I think I have a lot more to offer, but um, and like especially longer form, not just like short, poetic like uh, poetic. I think it's like more like poetry than it is writing, honestly. Not in like a self-gloating way, just like it kind of is. Like I want it to sound really good and I want it to hit someone, you know, like like verbal adrenaline or something. And um, But there's something about posting regularly, I think, that 
builds a different connection with the audience. Like we were talking about how if you could do that consistently and someone's reading your post, you know, three, four times a day, it is like the soundtrack into their life almost. And it's like almost like listening to music a lot. But it's like now it almost becomes a default in someone's thought patterns. You know, if they're hearing, if they're reading the word obsess three times a day, that's powerful, I think. Um, Because then, you know, when you're in like a micro moment where you're tired and you're debating, you know, stopping studying or stopping working, your brain can switch to that without even thinking about it. Yeah, it's like music in a way. Yeah. Like you were saying, and, and it's... If you can do that on a consistent basis, if you can stay up with the posts, you can change someone's life in micro ways, which add up to, to major ways. But one thing I've noticed from spending some so much time with you is, one, you love energy drinks. Two, you are obsessed with design in a way that I wasn't really clear on or didn't know fully before. I always knew you were a great designer. I knew there were things that you did that was you're able to put things on a screen in a way that I wish I could in terms of making it look visually appealing. And then I see the notes and notes of Canva designs you've done. And I'm just like, holy smokes, this dude is built different. And you're not even trying to. It it seems like it just play for you. So take, to, take me through your obsession with design and where you can trace that back. Yeah, I mean, I think you've done a good job like highlighting that with me and it's made me think about things. I, I said this to you. I think that's one of your gifts in general is highlighting the gifts in other people. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing on a podcast. You're trying to like bring someone's gift out and share that with the world. Um, but yeah, the design thing, I mean, I think, yeah, it's like an underrated aspect of like what I do. Like um, I even consider like writing or copywriting design, you know, mm. moving words around in specific places. Um to create an effect and create an impact on the reader. Uh, but even just like the way things are assembled on a post or, and you know, with my uh, event company, there's so many, there's like a thousand tiny design decisions um, from, you know, the spacing on a web page to, you know, the spacing of a logo, the color of a logo, how the emails design, the fonts, everything that um, it creates value. Yeah. And I'm like, I lo- I'm obsessed with that. Like truth. It is a truth. Um, and yeah, I think, um, I realized it and you've helped me realize that more and more. And it's something I'm thinking a lot about. It's fascinating because our friend Noah Heisman, who will be on the podcast in the next month, talked about the idea of chasing what's beautiful. And when you design something, you are inherently chasing what's beautiful and, and helping create a more beautiful world in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy like it's so cool that that's a something that you've just naturally drawn yourself to so like what what advice would you say for me personally about designing things better maybe designing my podcast maybe designing just social like what design tips would you have for me or if you can't think of me just for anyone in general yeah i think i think it it's kind of starts and this isn't i think it's hard to teach um is like you have to have a, have a third eye over your shoulder and so Paul Graham has this great uh, article about having uh, startup ideas, uh, this great blog post. And he says how you almost want to have a, a person over your shoulder everywhere you go, secretly looking for ideas and gaps of value that you could deliver to the world. And I love that. It's super hard to do. But I think the best entrepreneurs, um, like I've been hanging out with Noah and like he has his gym, Squatch, and I've been like always oh, just like 
randomly saying ideas out of nowhere even when he's telling me about like some philosophy thing i'm like oh you should do this for squash <laughs> and uh i think um the same thing goes to design being able to like read between the lines of you know like oh my god i love this brand and i'm clicking on this ad and i'm buying this product but but why like yeah. like what font do they use what color schemes do they use how do they how does how is the whole flow from the moment you see this brand for the first time to the moment you know you're a lifelong fan and I think like that's where it kind of starts. I think is like having that appreciation for design. You know, like I have so many things I've screenshotted. There's a really good tool. It's called My Mind. I've been using lately, and it's um, it's kind of like Pinterest. You could just use Pinterest too, but it just lets you. It's more easy to like save things from around the internet. And yeah, so I think that's where it starts. And then yeah, committing. I think like if you have a brand, like just committing to you know rules, design choices. Like I mean, on behavior, I try to keep it like very clean and simple mm-hmm. not a lot of crazy colors mostly black and white um yeah that's what i'd say the big thing is noticing and just like looking at the th- brands and at the pieces of media that you love mm-hmm. and seeing like oh this is how they have the title pop up on their youtube videos this is how they do the thumbnail for the podcast this is how they write the thumbnail all that stuff i love what you said because it highlights that it, it starts with curiosity for you mm-hmm. curiosity of how do i why am I attracted to something? Why am I attracted to this this brand? What what about it? And I've never really thought about design that way. Yeah, I think for me, like with my photo booth company, I think we're selling a luxury product now. And mm-hmm. I think the only way you sell a luxury product is an obsession with design. Mm. Um, the only way you sell a luxury product is an obsession with design. Why Why is that the case? I, I believe that's true as well, but why do you think that's I, the well, case? It depends on the luxury product as well, but it's like... This is a piece of someone's identity. Mm. Um, and like Noah says, people want to go towards beauty. Mm. And, and yeah, the design is everything. And once you really start like realizing that, it just it bleeds into everything you do. So what do you think I could do? What practical tips would you have to improve the design of the podcast? Well, like one thing, I, I don't think of anything when I think of the Danny Miranda podcast with, in terms of design. I think of your, your logo your podcast logo, which I think is cool. But um, other than that, I don't. Like you could have a very specific, like if you want to see a perfect example of this, go look at Jocko Willink. Mm. He has such, and what's special about him and the way, the reason, the way you should do this is it's purely authentic. Mm. You know, he's using a military style font. It was probably the first choice. He's like, oh, let's use this font. He probably decided that quickly. Black and white. I, I There is a reason why he does black and white. I don't know it offhand. But, it's um, because he... He was doing the first podcast and it just looked cooler. Yeah, so that's fair. It's just authentic. He's not. He, you can't force it, but you have to do something that's authentic and then commit to it. And you know, I think you can change it over time, but you really shouldn't be. Like you should be for years keeping it the same. And so I think for you, it'd be like, okay, what unique font could I use for my uh, reels? You know, for text, mm. maybe you could do something. And there's a balance there. There's the balance of like, like for me right now on Instagram, I'm doing tweet posts, tweet style posts. They perform the best even though I kind of do want to get into more of like a unique look. But, um, and so there is a line there between performance and, uh, you know, authenticity or being unique. But I think you could in general, like, and it could be on your website. It could be on your new newsletter. It could be um, everywhere. It could even be something you do in descriptions. It could be emojis you use. There's so many ways you can use design um, in everything you do. Yeah, we're going to have to design or create some design for my new newsletter Sounds tonight. Good. And that was your idea. I just launched this newsletter in the DM, paid newsletter in order to help 
people look behind the scenes of growing my podcast from 25,000 plays per month to a million plays per month. That's the goal. And it just came from a conversation of us in the car together, brainstorming ideas. And it was just, wow, like that's, that's definitely what I should do. So like, first of all, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And second of all, I'm most proud of the name in, in the, the DM. DM. <laughs> it's sweet. It sounds good. I like it. Yeah. Well, you came up with it. So I, I hope you do like it, <laughs> but like what, uh, You've never done a paid newsletter, but like what what types of things do you think I should be thinking about as I'm going on this journey? I think with you, like when people think about you and your brand, um, other than the design things we we're talking about before, it's uh, authenticity. You're mm. truly authentic and people like supporting you because you're just real and you're just on the journey and sharing every aspect of the journey. And so I think for you, it'll be being completely open with like how many subscribers you're getting, how you're growing it. Um, that I think will be everything. And just like I remember, we were sitting in your apartment like a year ago, and we were looking at your tweets. And you're, I think, I'm more analytical than you, definitely. And like, so we were looking at your best tweets, and I was like, dude, all your best tweets are not when you're saying like some type of like motivational thing, like a you know almost like a what do they call them, like uh, a platitude, platitude. Yeah, it's it's not that. It's like you're saying I just ran 15 miles, yeah, or like I just reached a thousand downloads per month, like that type of stuff, yeah. Um those types of moments where people um, like you for because it's rare. It's it's really rare. So I think leaning into that, um, yeah. Was that what you asked me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what advice do you have for the paid yeah. newsletter? And and just being relentlessly useful. Like relentlessly that is, useful. Violent action, baby. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorite things I've said online lately is, I think I'm going to say it right, it's be unique, useful, and relentless. The world is yours. Be unique, useful, and relentless. Yeah. The world is yours. Yeah. Because it's true. Like, just you're, that's what I said to you. Like, what is the most, full, other than your podcast, what is the most useful thing you can offer the world? And I genuinely think it's like, how are you getting these guests? People don't understand how to DM people. They stare at their contact, they open the DM, they open the message and sit, look at it, and then they go back to their lives and never message them and never get the guest. Yeah. And that's super valuable, I think. Yeah. And that's, and then you have the growth as well, like the things you're doing to grow it, how you're doing the clips, how often do you do the clips? But especially the DM thing. That's why I wanted to call it that. One, because it like sounds good, like your name, kind of mm-hmm. like real AF, Andy Frisella's podcast. Um, but it's also like in the DM. Like that's where shit happens. Yeah. Shit goes down in the DM. Yeah. And like that's how you're getting these guests mainly. I mean, you have email too. But in the email, it doesn't sound better. It <laughs> doesn't sound good. Yeah. And it's it's also like it's it's cool to get your advice specifically because you're somebody who literally studies the most successful creators in the world with reckless ambition and intensity like you have notes in your phone you have what is this person doing well what font are they using like you're breaking everything down from the top creators in the world and so to have you in my corner someone i could talk to it feels like a cheat code because i i look at everyone too i look at the people at the top of the game but you take it to another level so like what are the commonalities you see between the top top creators in the world right now I would say it's doing one simple thing. And this is something like Gary Vee highlighted about Mr. Beast, where if you listen to in Mr. Beast interviews, he'll say at least 10 times an interview, I just want to make the best videos possible. And um, I think at the end of the day, that is what the best creators do. And for you, I mean, that would just be, I think, you want to make the best podcast possible. And if you just do that, if you just focus on delivering the most value through that over time, you will succeed. And you know that includes getting great guests who... Haven't, I think what's special about you is you 
I, I told you this the other day. I think I helped you tweet it. It's like you don't interview people about who they what they do. You interview people about who they are. Mm. And so that's the gap. So like, um, for example, you have Cody Sanchez on after this. Mm-hmm. She's done a ton of podcasts about what she does, but I'm sure she hasn't done as many about who she is. And I'm I'm assuming you're going to ask those questions because that's just who you are. And um, yeah. And so for you though, what are you trying to be the best in the world at? Right now, like what message am I trying to, uh, what am I trying to do the best of the world at? You know, like for me, yeah. it's I haven't podcast. found it yet. I, honestly, I don't think. Um, and that's, you know, over the last year, I've been really focused on building my, my company. And I think that was the right thing to do. And and I am not a fan of just like posting for the algorithm and not for the people that follow you. Mm. Um, so when I say attack the algorithm, like <laughs> I'm like exaggerating a little bit. But like, I think a lot of creators are trying to like harvest something from their audience versus um give them something and i i only want to do the the giving um and so yeah and like right now it's coming from a real place where i'm like i have something I'm, i have such good energy and i want to give that to people um so what am i trying to do the best what am i trying to be the best in the world at i i don't really know right now i think when i talk about obsession right i talk something I, i've talked a lot about is you have to have a vehicle for it mm. and um i'm right now obsessed with finding that vehicle but like for you you found your obsession, which was you naturally fell into podcasting because it was what you loved doing. And then you found a great vehicle for it. You loved having real raw conversations with people. And you found a great vehicle for it, which is podcasting. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't I don't think I have an answer for that right now. Does it frustrate you when you study so many of these people and you're like, well, this person's found it, this person's found it, this person's found it, and I'm here searching and Where's my thing? Is that like frustrating for you personally? I think it was, and it still is now, just because I'm impatient. But <laughs> it has to be real for me. Like I don't know, it has to come from a real place. I think I think it will. And now, like I have a lot more time on my hands, and I am focusing more over the next six, twelve months on on content, and because um, I have the time. And so I think I will naturally fall into it if I keep obsessing over it. I think so too, and I think like. In some respect, the things you're doing now, you'll you'll see, oh, wow, that was part of the obsession, but I just didn't identify it that at that moment. I, yeah, It reminds me of Tim Ferriss where he's like trying to find his obsession by podcasting and like trying to take a break from writing and then podcasting ends up turning into his obsession without mm-hmm. him even realizing it or trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what were you going to say before? I don't remember. Saw something, okay. Saw something come up in your mind. All right. Um, so let's go through some of your tweets. Okay. Or I guess now that we're on the topic of obsession, why don't we talk about like how does somebody find their obsession? Because I think you spend a lot of time with obsession. So how does someone find their obsession? Yeah. So there's like the tactical answer, which I'll give first because I think it could actually be useful for, pe- useful for people, which is, you know, download, look at your screen time, just the Apple screen time um, or whatever phone you use. Look at your laptop screen time, especially, and you could even download uh, very specific, uh, like Chrome extensions that can see you exactly what you use. And then, any? Do you know any of them, or you just no? Search, just, like... I would just go in like the Chrome App Store and look at time tracker, screen time tracker. Okay. Um, and then I would look at your YouTube history. That's a huge one. And then other than that, there's three tests I really like. The P test. So what are you doing at your like laptop or in general where you like are so focused where you forget to pee? And like you're holding in your piece, sitting at your desk, like typing away. Um, that is usually your obsession. 
um, like if you were younger and liked video games, you were probably obsessed with video games and did that. That's like my example. Um, then you have the midnight test. Like what do you stay up past midnight and just like keep going and you don't even think about the clock and then it's 3 a.m. and you're like, fuck, how am I still doing this? But you love it. And then there's the food test, which is a similar wavelength, which is when do you forget to eat? You know, when when do you just keep working? You don't even think you're like, holy shit, I did not eat all day. Um, yeah, so those are three tests I like. And, and then in general, uh, we were talking about this with Noah the other day. It's uh, obsession is really the thing you, you can't not do. Mm. Obsession is the thing you, you are naturally doing. It, it's not necessarily a talent. I think it is usually a talent, but your obsession could be different than your talent. Like you could just be a great piano player but you hate playing piano um usually they go hand in hand though obsession and talent and if you just look at what you naturally want to be doing all day what you don't need a break from uh, that is your obsession but then there's two sides to it well really there's three there's the obsession as a thing so what are you doing Mm. there's the obsession as a feeling which is how are you doing it how so you know, obsession in in terms of that. And that's really the, the topic I'm most passionate about is just like turning off the world, you know, staying in for four weekends in a row to finish a project, staying up for a whole week, not sleeping, just doing that, not forever, but for now, like for this moment. Uh, and then with that, you can have multiple obsessions in your life. I think, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's like a perfect example of that. Um, it doesn't have to be one thing forever, but for right now, this moment, allow yourself to be obsessed. Don't give in to any pressures to be normal or go out to dinner or drink at dinner, or party, just fully obsess. And then there's the third part, which is the vehicle, which is what we are talking about before, is which you don't need to have that, but if you want to like be successful in the world and provide value to people, you need a vehicle for that. Mm. Why do you think you are so obsessed with obsession? <laughs> well, I think, I think it's like looking back, well, there's two reasons. One, I don't know how I like naturally like started talking about it often. But I did think it was important to be get known for something because, you know, people will send you things and tag you in things with obsession. Uh, a good test of this, excuse me, if you're a creator, is look at your true fans' bios. Ooh, a lot of mine, um, not calling anyone out, like people who like, not, I'm not saying you're a true fan, but like people who really like my content, I can see some of them have added the word obsessed to their bio. Oh, wow. And it's definitely like wasn't before I started talking about it. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. Like, I love that. I think that's so cool. Uh, like my bio, my like tagline has been follow obsession. Before that, it was take the hard route. So I've had like two. Mm. Um, and before that, they used that too, some of them, which is so cool. Like that's amazing. And yeah, so and I so I think it's important to like have kind of one idea. You don't have to, but I think it's cool to have like something you're known for. Mm. Um, like James Clear Habits. Um, there's a lot of examples. David Perel writing. Um, Casey Neistat vlogging. Like things like that. Mm. Um I think that's cool because people will think about you, you know, um, throughout their lives. Yeah, you said there's two reasons. Oh, and yeah, the other reason is just it's naturally what I was doing my whole life. Like with the photo booth business, when I started it, I was willing to drive all the way upstate eight, nine hours one way to do events and not make that much money. But I was just, I knew this was what I needed to do at the time. When I became an EMT, I would do 12-hour shifts every weekend. And looking back, like that was crazy. Like I wasn't even getting paid. Like, why did you do that? Just obsession? Obsessed with what exactly? Well, I wanted to be a doctor then. So I, I think I was doing it partially because I wanted like the credits. Mm. But also at the same time, like that was crazy. Like that was a lot. And uh, I think I just like was like, I'm going to go all in. And uh, I think I've done that my whole life, you know? Yeah. And I think that's another reason why we get along so well is because whenever we do something, if 
there are periods and moments of us where we can just go crazy in terms of getting so focused, so into it. And I think in life, there aren't too many people I've seen who are actually like that. It's true. You agree? Yeah. Like that's part of the reason why we get along so well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Surround yourself with relentless humans. I'm looking at it on your laptop. <laughs> Hell right yeah. Now. Let's talk about it. So great post from you. Went pretty bonkers pretty wild shared by decent one decent decent post for me decent. for uh, for what i i see is pretty good but this post right here and listen to this poetry people this is poetry <laughs> surround yourself with relentless humans people who plan in decades but live in moments train like savages but create like artists obsess in work relax in life people who know this is finite and choose to play infinite games find people Going up mountains, climb together. It's so simple. It's so wise. It's at Behavior Hack on Instagram. What does that post mean to you right now? Yeah, it was inspired by just being here in Austin, uh, being surrounded by people like you, uh, Noah, CJ. Noah Heisman, CJ Finley. Amazing hosts here in Austin. Uh, and yeah, it's it really does change you. Like I haven't had as much of that uh uh, where I'm from and living in the city and uh it's just it gets your brain running differently i uh I talked in a similar post about a different post about Austin about what there if you were born in a thousand different places, there would be a thousand different versions of you mm. and I think when you surround yourself with relentless people, you start to become a different version of yourself and it, it brings that out of you and you know I do think that I do think someone could sit in the room alone obsess and do whatever they want basically at a laptop put the right keys in the press the right keys in the right order and create unlimited wealth i like genuinely just have to believe that happened to vitalik basically vitalik yeah. Buterin of Ethereum. yeah kind of, yeah it's a good example i just believe that but at the same time that's really hard and like <laughs> i don't know if i could do that and so you know being around people is a good switch um it really is and it just gets your brain like wired differently for what's normal so like you want to be around people where normal is extreme mm. and you know then you go around people where that extreme is normal so you keep going you yeah. can keep going and you should um that's like a beautiful part about life it's cool because people who are extreme are almost a filter it's like okay i'm gonna do 10 clips a day yeah and people are like that's crazy I don't want to be anywhere near you because that's you're, a month for yeah. some people. Yeah, and that's a month for some people. And some people are like, like my friend Harry. He was like, Oh my God. Like, I gotta do this too. And like yeah. get so excited by it. It's like, that's my type of person. Yeah. It's infectious. It's it inf is. Yeah. And it, so like what has being we've mentioned Noah a couple of times, and I feel like we we should talk about him a little more because he really has been such an impactful part of our journey here in Austin. And it just happened by chance from you. Knowing knowing CJ on Instagram, mm -hmm. him connecting us. What is meeting Noah Heisman and living and and uh, he's been like our camp counselor in a way. Yeah. But what has that been like from your perspective? Yeah, it's been a lot of things. He's he's inspired me a lot. Um, so the story is basically, I knew CJ Finley, um, awesome guy with Thrive on Life, his brand, and uh, did his podcast about six months ago. Told him I was coming to Austin. He was away that weekend, but connected me with Noah who I'd also known just not as well through social media. Mm -hmm. um, and Noah is just 
went above and beyond. Uh, we talked about the story about Airbnb where they did this exercise to go through, you know, level five experience is like, okay. Level 10 experience is like amazing. The house is beautiful. Level 12 is like level 12 experiences. You get picked up in the airport in like a limo, you know, you get showered with gifts, etc. Noah is a level 12 host. Like he really inspired me that way. Just taking us in, taking us to his gym, you know, inviting us to stuff every day, taking us, pushing us on workouts, um, above and beyond. It's been, it's been really inspiring. And he's also a very unique human. Um, I like people who are unique combinations of things. Um, like Naval says, and he brought this up too, I think like the, what was it? The elephant on a unicycle, from <laughs> the, like the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, people who are unique combinations you've never seen before. And Noah is, I would first say he's a writer and he's a gym owner, entrepreneur, and a, a startup lawyer, which is like such a unique combination. And a philosopher. Yeah. And just a kind human. Like, there's yeah. so many factors to him. Yeah. And it's also, um, so he's inspired me a lot uh, being here just to train harder. And one thing that's interesting here is like just putting yourself in a different environments is like the gym we've been hanging out, his gym, uh, Squatch Frontier Fitness in Austin, Texas, East Austin. Like, people are there are savages. They're athletes. Savages. Athletes. That, that's why I wrote in that post, like train like savages. You know, they're, they're shirtless. Everyone's ripped. And then he's like, yeah, if you come here, it's just like a factory. Like you come in and you just become ripped like day by day. And I'm like, shit, I should probably be here more. We've been here for 10 days yeah. and we feel it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's a really cool environment where that is normal. Mm. It's normal to act like that versus like um, me in Brooklyn lately. It, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I train hard. I lift hard, but it's different. Yeah. So like what would you tell someone or tell yourself who's like in a difficult environment for their own goals and for their own vision? Yeah, I think like the easiest way to change your mind is to change your environment. The easiest way to change your mind is to change your environment. It's true. I like the expression, um, you got to jerk the wheel. Like if you're driving and you're just stuck going to the same place and nothing's changing, you just, whoop, just jerk the wheel and go somewhere new. And just drop yourself somewhere new, like spawning on a map. Like and, Fortnite. Yeah, like Fortnite. Just drop in somewhere new. And because I, I think, like I, I posted this once, like you can change your environment by working out even. Like that changes like your internal environment. Your you mental can, state. You can meditate and change your internal environment. But if you do those things, like kind of, we haven't really been meditating, but like if you work out hard, change your internal environment and change your external environment, like going to a new state where you've never been, that creates amazing effects, I think, where um, it can really set you in the right direction. Yeah. That's what, that's what I recommend to someone who's stuck. Just even for the day, like even for a day, just like drive somewhere you've never been and spend the day there um, and have a goal maybe. Like I, I came here with some goals and um, have a goal of things you want to figure out. And I think sometimes they'll become really clear to you that could even be just be like taking a paddleboard out into the ocean like mm -hmm. i like doing that and you're just somewhere new go to a different place see a different thing so your brain will start operating in a different way yeah yeah or just hang out with noah both <laughs> yeah no i'm kidding yeah it, it's uh it's crazy like how being around people like mm -hmm. yourself like full day in day out seeing how you think seeing the nuances of of just like what you're thinking about, why you're thinking, how that's changed me in terms of I've never lived with someone who wanted to grow online socially and create content and, and have similar aspirations. I've never lived with someone like that. So it's, it's a huge addition to my own personal psyche and my own, my own goals. You've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So 
Another quote from you here, another poetry. We got hard work beats talent, obsession beats hard work. 10,000 hours isn't the end, it's the start. Yeah, I mean, the last part was I should have given him credit. That was inspired by Mr. Beast. Uh, he said that on a recent podcast, like 10,000 hours is just the start or just the beginning. We'll clip this and send it to him. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, it's people have a false expectation for what it is to like achieve extreme goals. Mm. And yeah, like hard work is just a popular word, but um, like obsession beats talent when talent doesn't obsess. You know, it's the mm. same thing. It's like, I think I see obsession as another level above hard work because you can work hard but it's different than obsession what's the hard, difference hard work is uh it's like it's hard to describe it um hard obsession is more like a compulsion and it's more like an addiction mm. and it's more of a, it takes over your whole world versus versus hard work where it's just like all right i'm gonna do this for a little bit really hard and then go back to something else obsession should consume you mm. in a great way and not forever but for a short amount of time and it could be you know this could mean doing a four-hour shift writing um this could mean you know for a week really grinding it out and giving up sleep to finish something that matters uh, that's different than hard work. it is hard work but it's different it's another level where it takes over everything because um, that's i think when real magic happens and you know, you kind of need solitude for that, I think. Like, I, um, there's great quotes on, like, solitude is the birthplace of genius. I'm not going to misquote somebody. But uh, it's true. Like, obsession kind of... I think obsession requires solitude mm. in a lot of ways. It's fascinating. Because to live in your own world like that, you can't be focused on what else is going on. That's why so many people love working early in the morning and late at night. You know? It's not an accident. People work better when the world is off. Mm they can be in their own world how would you explain someone like gary v who's like needs to be around someone at all times and is obsessed with business yeah that's a good point i think uh he's described his own world as just like it's just him it's just he's cut off and in a way like being around everyone he's like it slows down time just doing business and so maybe in a way he is isolated in his own mind even though he's surrounded by people 24 7 yeah, Gary's a good example of someone who's like kind of the opposite of what I was describing. Mm. Where you're right, he loves the the chaos of life, and that's where he feels calm. He feels wrong. He feels things are off when he's alone. Yeah, and so I don't know. I think there are different ways to do it, but I think it has to be one or the other. Do you know what I mean? One or the other, what? Excuse me. You get energy from the solitude, or you get energy from the chaos. Yeah, I think it kind of has to be one extreme or the other. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. But I think he's a rare example. It's also going back to the hard work obsession piece where I feel like hard work you could do for other people. Obsession you can't do for other people. It yeah. has to be for yourself. That's perfect. Yeah. Right? Perfectly like the said. internal versus external view from it. And I, I think it's it's also worth thinking about like where do you get praise from other people versus where do you get praise for yourself by yourself? Mm. I think is a good way to think about it. It's true. Right? Like the podcast, I'm praising myself for myself for doing it. No, like even when I was doing episode one through 20, no mm -hmm. one knew that I was doing it, but I was hyped. I was excited and I couldn't get any external validation because I wasn't doing it for anyone else. And I don't do it for anyone else to this day. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, a useful thing to think about internal versus external. So are you excited to move to Austin? Dude, it's... It's uh, it's a whole different world here. The energy, 
I'm not. Segment. I'm not definitely moving here, by the way. But he, he definitely is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you you're gonna phrased, say that on the podcast. You that question as if you were also. I know. Gonna, uh, but but you, there's a possibility. There's hope. Possibility. I plan to be a regular. A regular here. Yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful city and a beautiful place, and uh, it's the energy, the relentless humans, the people. Everyone here is creating something. And there's something special about that. Yeah, that last part is like what I've noticed. And to be fair, like we put ourselves in those situations. Totally. But um, yeah, the people we have met though have just been in general relentless. And a lot of them are doing really creative things and, and focused on internal goals as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's really inspiring. It's cool to be in a place like that. Well, I think the difference is, and you might have wrote about this in your caption, it's like in New York where we're from, the common theme is what do you do for work and how much money are you making? The conversations are around that. Not always, but yeah. but around here, it's more so what are you creating? What are you building? What's internally lighting you up? And what's your fitness regime of, mm. of choice and how are you growing from that respect? Obviously, it's very, it's very biased considering the type yeah. of people we're surrounding ourselves with, but it seems like that's the case. No, yeah. If you, go, if you move to Austin, here's what happens. You go to the sauna, you get a whoop band, it, it teleports onto your wrist. <laughs> you, you start, start a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> It it's, uh, it just happens, you know. You talk about psychedelics. You're, you're curious. You're, you're psycho it's, uh, curious. Psycho curious. Uh, it's uh, and then you have this conversation too, talking about people who talk about this. So, you know, it's just gonna happen. Just yeah. gotta embrace it. So I, the one I, thing about Austin, which is amazing, there are amazing gyms here. Yeah. Like I feel like I haven't been too many places, but I've been around like the Northeast, and they have this, these amazing like indoor outdoor gyms here. And it is literally like being on drugs, like lifting outside if you in the sun, if you haven't had that. Yeah. Are um, you going to blow up the names of some of these gyms? Or, Well, the one, my favorite, the one we've been to most is Squatch Frontier Fitness. Yep. And then you have Lift ATX as well. has a really cool setup um, with outdoor weights. Both amazing gyms, pretty close to each other in East Austin. And I also went to the Collective as well. I got to shout that out for just the incredible facilities they've got there. Yeah. this and That's being, more higher end. Yeah, more higher end. That facility is amazing as well. And one thing being here has made me really bullish on is just recovery. Mm. Um, CJ Finley was saying how, so I was asking him like, how is everyone here in such sick shape? It's a sick shape. It's insane. Yeah. And he's like, I actually think it's more the recovery than the training. Um, at Squatch, they have this new area called the Hive, and it, it's really great. Um, it's like right next to the gym, and it's uh, they have uh, world class sauna, really beautiful ice tubs, red light therapy. The um, sauna is so huge, and like, yeah, it's I, huge. I can't believe it. It's it's and, the best um, sauna I've been into. Yeah, I've, been, I've seen these places popping up in New York, these recovery centers. Yeah. And some of them are super expensive. But I kind of get it now. Like, I think I need it. <laughs> after, I, when you first thought about the idea, you weren't that excited about it. But yeah. now after doing it, you're like, holy smokes, this actually makes a huge difference. Yeah, because a lot of gyms don't have, like, saunas in the city. Mm-hmm. They, they really don't have ice baths either. And um, I'm, like, bullish now that it's going to be normal to have these things in gyms. And it's going to be normal to, like, pay for these memberships on the side even. To you, from being here for 10 days, does it feel like Austin is living in the future, kind of? Yeah, in some ways. Like, uh, it's still super weird. Some parts of the town just feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. But then, you know, the downtown area is pretty nice, some parts of it. And just the people, yeah, their habits are moving towards the future. Um, in terms of people wanting to, you know, create stuff online and really take care of their bodies in, like, the newest ways and biohack as much as possible. And like I said, we are definitely uh, with a biased group with most of our time here. But you can find those people here more than anywhere. And it's cool to be somewhere where it's like moving towards the future mm. versus I feel like in New York, it's basically done. Like, especially Manhattan, like it's not changing much. Like yeah. you'll have some new parks, maybe Brooklyn, more Brooklyn's growing more. I think I think Brooklyn's kind of cool. 
Um, but it's a different type of lifestyle. It's very different. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to have the contrast, though. I think I'll always want the contrast. Like, I kind of posted that the other day, like, be a paradox. And, like, even the post I did with the Relentless Humans, like, these people, like, you're extreme in one way, and then you go the other way. Like, you know, you spend a month in the city, and then you go live in the middle of the forest. Um, I think I'll always like that lifestyle. Yeah, well, you're welcome in Austin anytime <laughs> I'm here with the couch or anything like that. Oh, yeah. But uh, any final closing parting words for the people? Do you have a challenge? We, we spoke about challenges in the past. Um, what was the challenge last time? Was I don't Post remember. every day for 30 days? Yeah, I think so. I would say, okay, here's a challenge. Go and do the exercise that I said before with like, look at your YouTube history. Look at your Chrome tabs that are open right now, like mm-hmm. as you're listening to this, or look at maybe your recent podcast episodes and just make a list of like, you could call it the obsession analysis, OA for short. And send this to me if you do it, because I'd love to see it. And just jot what everything is. Like, okay, I watched a YouTube video about sales. I watched a vlog from Bali. I, um, I listened to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. I spent, you know, an hour playing this game, I don't know, or doing anything. Just jot it all down and you'll see patterns. Same thing with business. Like, it goes the same thing with business. Like, that's how we did it for my business is we, and we looked at all the types of services we were doing. We looked at what are we doing the most? What are we the best at? What do we, like, never have to refund people? What are the people happiest with? And now it's our whole business and it changes everything. Like, that was my business's obsession almost, Yeah. you know? And it's like, just do that. That's my challenge. And also... Uh, on top of that, also check your Amazon uh, purchases or just your purchases in general. What what are you buying? What are you spending money on? Because that's almost the clearest indication of what you value yeah. and your communication to the world. Yeah, that's a great one. And just like make this organized. So say like YouTube, you know, Chrome tabs, yep. Amazon, et cetera, books, things you've read. Um, make it detailed and you'll see patterns. And ask yourself, why are you doing those things? Yeah. Because so. a lot of times we're like drones, like just like opening tabs after tabs and if you just slow down and realize what you're doing, there are secrets in there. And uh, I think a lot of success is like looking at those secrets between the lines and using them to create things. Beautiful place to come to a close. That's I good. appreciate you so much. I love you, man. You're the best. Love and Zach Pogrub or at Behavior Hack, wherever you follow and appreciate you tremendously.